You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Grab your peanuts and popcorn. Baseball is back. That's right, teams will be getting back out on the diamond this week. Last year's season sure was different, but that doesn't mean it lacked excitement and this year is poised to be even better. DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you on the field with a free shot at a share of millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy baseball is easy to play. Just pick 10 players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for hits, runs, strikeouts, and more. There's no better way to put your baseball knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars throughout the week. But if baseball isn't for you, don't worry. DraftKings is offering plenty of fantasy golf action for this week's tournament, UFC, as well as hockey, basketball, and all other sports. With millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs this week, there's no better place to play or to have skin in the game than with the best sports daily fantasy app in DraftKings. Download DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to get a free shot at a share of millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. That's promo code THPN to get a free shot at a share of millions of dollars with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. It is Wednesday, March 31st. Ian Cameron and the returning Alex B. Smith. Great to have uh, Alex back on the show with today as we get ready to uh, analyze and preview this Wednesday NHL card. We have six games slated tonight. Before we uh, look at tonight, we've got enough time to maybe do a little look back on what took place uh, last night uh, in NHL action. Uh, we'll start with the uh, Chicago Blackhawks and Kevin Lankinen, my goodness. And that's why he's becoming uh, a difficult goalie to handicap night in and night out because when he can uh, put forth the performances he did last night and then there's some nights where he looks ordinary, it becomes a little bit tricky to what are you going to expect uh, each and every time out. But boy, he was outstanding last night uh, for the Blackhawks. Uh, Carolina dominating possession, shots, chances, all the key categories, but they don't dominate in the area that matters the most. And that's the final score uh, as Chicago gets the victory uh, in that game. And Kevin Lankin and certainly an outstanding goaltending effort uh, for the Blackhawks uh, in that game, the Nashville Predators, what can I say? I mean, I can't criticize them for now. They just keep on winning. They rally back from a two to one loss to beat Dallas three, two last night. They're now all of a sudden as Jimmy and I alluded to on yesterday's uh, edition of the ice guys, maybe all of a sudden they're pulling back the reins on being sellers at the deadline. As crazy as that would have been to even consider 
about a month ago. Uh, but now they're all of a sudden thinking we're back in the mix here uh, in the uh, playoff uh, in the playoff mix. So maybe we uh, pull back on uh, you know trading away guys like Matthias Ekholm and Michael Granlund and Ryan Johansson and Victor Arvidsson and all these guys that are rumored to be dealt at the deadline. Uh, no question about that. So something to keep an eye on moving forward. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning struggles continue, losing parlay killers across the board last night, I'm sure, uh, because of the Tampa Bay Lightning losing 3-1 to one, uh, to the Columbus Blue Jackets last night. Uh, Tampa Bay's got issues. We mentioned no Chernak, no Ryan McDonough, two key injuries on the blue line for this Tampa team. They haven't been as sharp and uh, uh, as good in their own zone. Uh, they've been giving up some goals, and sure enough, Columbus couldn't put the puck in the ocean against Detroit. All of a sudden, beats Tampa Bay 3-1 to one, uh, last night, so uh, a pretty stunning result there. Florida rallying the troops in the first game post Aaron Ekblad's season-ending injury. I kind of thought that would happen, that you'd see Florida give a pretty good performance, you know, rally the team and show, hey, you know, it's a brutal setback losing a guy that's played as well as Aaron Ekblad, uh, but they get the job done. Of course, it helps you're playing a bad Detroit team, but Give credit to Florida, uh, a good win for them after just the devastating sight of the injury uh, to Aaron Ekblad. And like I said, I think if you're the Panthers, go for a defenseman at the trade deadline. You've got a good team. They've had too good of a season to just say, you know what, we're going to stand pat and not go for it. Uh, yeah, it hurts without Ekblad, but you got to fix that hole, fill that void, and try to get a defenseman, I think, at the deadline. And the Edmonton Oilers walk into a rested Montreal Canadiens team and just uh, jump on the Oilers early with three goals in the first period, and then they just uh, cruise to an easy uh, victory from there, 4 nothing. Of course, that game highlighted not for all the wrong reasons, I guess you could say, by a hit in the neutral zone by Connor McDavid uh, on Jesperi Kotkaniemi. Uh, and now this has been uh, <laughs> a talking point for the last 12 hours. And look, you could say it wasn't – he didn't get all of it the head. He didn't get all of it with the shot he had with the elbow, but it was definitely high. It was above the shoulders. He was going up with that with that elbow directed at Jesperi Kotkaniemi yesterday. And sure enough, we have NHL player safety coming out this morning and saying, well, for Connor McDavid doing that, we'll fine him $5,000, but we won't give him a, a suspension. And that's the problem with NHL player safety and with the disciplinary decisions that are being made. There's a double standard. I mean, if this is Tom Wilson doing that hit in the neutral zone against Jusperi Kotkaniemi. It's a minimum five-game suspension, you know, I think for him. But because his name is Connor McDavid, he's a superstar, he's good for revenue, he's good for television, he's good for, you know, people want to watch him. We can't suspend him. We're not going to suspend him. And I think that's exactly what we saw here. You know, if this is Tom Wilson, he's getting the book thrown at him. But this is Connor McDavid. This is one of the faces of the league, and he's only going to get a – 5k suspension and absolutely no uh 5k fine and absolutely no suspension uh whatsoever uh so that's the problem right now i mean look the nhl is going to give you this malarkey and bs in my opinion that oh connor mcdavid's not usually that kind of player this might be a first time offense and that we're going to go light on him we're just going to give him a little slap on the wrist and, and that whole you know spiel so what if it's a bad hit and the thing that makes this bad is it was a little bit predatory it was deliberate. It was coming across the ice, and he was just going for Kukinemi. You could tell he was just going right for him, and you could tell there was intent there, you know, to hit him uh, high, you know, directed toward the head in the neutral zone. You could see that clear as day. So I think that has to be factored into it, even though he didn't get all of it with that contact. 
Um, but of course the NHL is going to try to protect Connor McDavid with kid gloves uh, and, you know, not give him any sort of suspension. I think it's a pretty bad hit. I think it was suspension worthy, but because I think we're, we've got this standard where we're going to throw the book at the goons, the guys that have committed offenses before uh, we're going to throw the book at them, but it's Connor McDavid. It's a superstar. We don't want him missing too much time because people tune in to watch him. It helps our bottom line, all that stuff. We're not going to suspend him. There's clearly a double standard here when it comes to player discipline, and I don't like it. I don't like it one little bit here, uh, and I think that's a clear sign that that's what we're seeing right now with the decision that was brought uh, to only fine Connor McDavid. And you think a $5,000 fine is going to bother him, by the way? I mean, it's absolutely, it's a drop in the bucket for McMoneybags. That's exactly what it is. I mean, my goodness, he's, he makes that money in his sleep, you know, every single night. So to me, it's just a drop in the bucket. It's, he's not going to uh, panic over having to pay a $5,000 fine. The suspension is what would have hurt him, but we didn't see that happen. Uh, Alex, what's your thoughts here? Last night and obviously the McDavid hit. Yeah, we'll start with the McDavid hit. And, and my biggest thing is, you know, okay, there is a double standard for sure. With like you said, you know, a uh, superstar getting making a, a dirty hit as opposed to a, like you said, a goon or, or a bottom line player. But even with that, I mean, you look at uh, Alexander Ovechkin, the guy who's been suspended a couple times for different issues and stuff. He's obviously a superstar. Uh, you know, definitely someone that uh, helps the bottom line in the NHL. And so I think there is a little bit to the fact that we haven't seen this from McDavid before uh, that would lend itself to only him being fined and suspended. My issue is that you know let's. Let's not even involve the front offices or, or, or the, the you know the main office uh, in New York with this whole situation. This should have been handled on the ice. As soon as McDavid made that hit, it was a dirty hit. He said he was he was aiming high, whether he caught all the of the head or not, but he was still aiming high. Either he has to fight somebody or or someone on his line, obviously because he's he's a superstar. So if it's a Cassian, if it's a Jujar, or somebody in that lineup has to fight someone uh, from the Habs, they've got to you know step up and answer the bell. That's how that's supposed to be handled. That's exactly why you have fighting in this game is to police uh, for the players to police themselves on the ice, not leave this to you know oh well should it have been a two minute penalty or a five minute penalty should have been a fine or a suspension. If you handle this correctly on the ice. You don't have to worry about any of that, okay? I, I if McDavid goes and gets gets railroaded right after that, or gets into a fight right after that, then we're all good. I, I'm at that point, I would I would have been fine without a fine or suspension because you've settled it on the ice. But now you got this whole okay, well, you know, now it's just a slap on the wrist. Like you said, five thousand dollars. I mean, what that's you know, shit. He probably drops that with him and his buddies going out to eat pre-pandemic, uh, you know, before uh, everything was going on. That's not that's no big deal to him. And the fact that, OK, well, now, you know, he knows, hey, you know, I'm a star. You know, all I'm going to get is just a small fine. And obviously it would have been bigger if it's a full game. Uh, you know, season, they said it would have been one hundred thousand dollars if it was a, a 82 game season. But OK, still, even with that, we're talking about, you know, one of the highest paid players in the league. Now he has the, you know, the mindset potentially to be like, well, you know what? If I have if I see this shot open here or there, I can probably take this, this shot because nothing's going to happen to me on the ice. The only thing that's going to happen to me off the ice is a $100,000 fine. Maybe I miss one game. Hell, he could probably take a night off the way he's been carrying Edmonton on his back for the last four or five years. So, you know, there's no real repercussions for him whatsoever. Uh, you know, and, and you know, the other team, let's say Kostanemi, let's say he gets, he's hurt and misses a bunch of games, causes Montreal to, to fall in the standings to say if they're even to miss the playoffs potentially, you know. Do they give a shit that, you know, McDavid's out of, you know, five grand or a hundred grand or even a million dollars? No, it doesn't matter. 
Okay, the, the the thing is, what happens on the ice at that given time, and so it's just it's just annoying to see that. And there's a lot of people on Twitter who are like, the first thing they responded to was that, well, that should be a fine, that should be a suspension. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you know, the NHL's winning the war and and kind of ruining this game in certain aspects, and that's being one of them. The first thought of mine is like, okay, well, you know, somebody's got got an answer for that hit. You know, you got to answer the bell. I didn't think about you know whether it should be a finer suspension, and the fact that a lot of people are thinking that way, it's it's unfortunate. You know, I, I get it. I get. I, get, I definitely see people our age and older. I would like to think that we would be the ones to say that you know, okay, this needs to be answered on the ice. But the younger crowd, because they're not used to seeing the fights, they're just thinking, oh yeah, that's going to be the suspension. You know, I see people like I said mentioned Tom Wilson right away, but no, should have been a fight, should have been handled on the ice, and then we we could be done with it. But that's just not the way it's going to go, obviously. And now. You know, you're going to have all this, like you said, you know, back and forth over, uh, you know, the double standard of stars versus other players. As far as the rest of the night goes, like I said, Kevin Lankinen continues to be superb in that. I mean, it burned me because I had Carolina regulation. Uh, but, you know, that's the thing now with Lankinen. You know, he was looking a little kind of sluggish at times. But if he's playing well, Hawks always have a live chance. The issue is, is between him and the forwards. It's those defensemen. Uh, and the defenseman played a good game last night, but it was more so Lincoln and making some huge saves. Uh, you know, like I said, you know, Carolina still getting a ton of offensive chances, still getting a ton of shots on goal, and they just couldn't find the back of the net. So, uh, probably would be looking at taking Carolina tomorrow, most likely, because uh, they should have won that game last night. But Kevin Lincoln was sensational. Uh, and also, you mentioned with Florida, they're a team that definitely, uh, it's interesting. Shane Gostas Bear for the Flyers cleared waivers today. Uh, I made the, the mention that Colorado should have probably looked to pick him up because you got Bo Byram that got hurt again for a second time. And, you know, having those issues, you worry about, you know, uh, if him or Ricard goes down in the playoffs, they're going to be in a world of trouble. But you mentioned Florida. They need to replace Aaron Ekblad uh, immediately. And that would have been a great pickup, I, I feel like, to just, uh, you know, plug him in. Uh, and that spot, obviously, like I said, his his strength is more offensive than defensive. But, okay, you, you, still, need, you still need another body. There, Agassiz Bear is better than anybody that Florida has in, in their uh, minor system right now. So I'm surprised that, that, that no one in the league took a shot on him. But there's a couple teams that will need some defensive depth that could have made that move and did. Yeah, definitely. Uh, great points there. And you're right, Bowen Byram out, uh, at least for a little bit. Uh, once again, uh, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, you're right about the – look, first of all, the superstars rarely are ever going to drop the gloves themselves. Second of all – you know, that's the problem. I'd love to see it too. But, and then everybody else is scared on the other team to go after a guy like Connor McDavid. First of all, it's going to start a shit storm on the ice because there's like, how dare you touch, you know, McJesus or Connor McDavid in this case from the Oilers. And second of all, the instigator rule, you know, who the hell wants to get, you know, because they're clearly the referee is going to say, you started this, you were the aggressor. Uh, you instigated that fight, and the moment that happens, that's when that rule gets in there that you get the major penalty, the 10-minute misconduct, and potentially the game misconduct as well, and you're out of the game. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Nobody can do a thing against the superstar because they're right yeah. away going to say, you know what, you're going after McDavid for that hit. Instigator rule, bam, 2-5-10 in a game. You're done. Yeah. And, and I and I understand that, like I said, especially if yeah, you start talking about you know game misconduct, but even if it was just you get the 2 and the 5, and, and and this used to happen a lot in more so in the 90s and 2000s was that, okay, if it was a a, a a situation like this where there was a player hit and you saw a fight, that team was amped up. And you know what they did? They went and killed that two-minute penalty. <laughs> that happened more often than not. Now, I get it. The, the league has opened up more offensively where you don't want to even put yourself in that situation, especially against a dangerous team like Edmonton. 
But uh, you know, like I said, at some point, it, it, it like I said, that's what it's just it's it's a whole cultural thing as far as uh, the game goes with, with that aspect. And I, I I could ramble on for days about it, but I'm just saying that in that instance, my my response more so, and I, I obviously the league they have to do what they have to do, but. My response was more so immediately with the fans because that's the first thing I saw in the, all this all these tweets was just that oh this should be a suspension this should be a fine I'm like no this this should be like this this should have really kind of started off a shitstorm where we should have seen you know two or three more fights whether McDavid was involved or not uh, but because of that happening that that's you know the way that should have been handled. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it would have been interesting to see it, and like I said, as someone that remembers still the uh, when I was a kid watching the days of Ty Domi, uh, Bob Probert. Uh, some real tough, Chris Simon, you know, some really tough uh, individuals, uh, Stu Grimson, go on down the list. Just back in the days when uh, fighting and policing things on the ice was really much more prevalent, way more prevalent than it is now. Uh, and you just don't see that kind of thing happening anymore uh, in 2021 NHL. All right, let's go to Wednesday's card. Six games. We'll start with a great matchup for first place, essentially, in the North Division. Toronto Maple Leafs and the Winnipeg Jets. Toronto minus 135. Road favorites here. The total uh, six across the board. Good news for the Leafs. Jack Campbell is good to go. He's back and in the net tonight for the Leafs uh, after they rested him Monday night with Michael Hutchinson. Uh, against Edmonton and of course the Oilers won that game uh, in overtime the Leafs have been statistical profile the last few games they've played the two against Edmonton they dominated both games they should have won both games they were clearly the team that had the better chances they had the puck more often they have more offensive zone time than the Oilers but uh, Mike Smith stole the game I thought Monday night he was excellent uh, for the Oilers, especially in the third period. And even in the game on a Saturday, the reason uh, the Leafs still needed overtime to win that game and to come back, Mike Smith was pretty good uh, in, in a game where I thought they pl played a little bit better in terms of the chances and the uh, the uh, territorial edge, at least in those two games against Edmonton. Uh, we'll see if they can keep it going here against Winnipeg. Winnipeg, of course, uh, they beat Calgary two out of three. Uh, over the weekend, uh, they beat Calgary the first game. They lost the second game when Daryl Sutter basically called out Johnny Gaudreau and uh, other members of the team. But then they bounced back and put the boots to Calgary uh, Monday night. Uh, the Jets a commanding uh, victory over the Flames in that game. Jets, you know, a very, very good hockey team right now, playing well. Connor Hellebuck good in net. Uh, the Jets, certainly their top four centers. Uh, they can match up with anybody. Uh, Toronto, though. Didn't fare well the last time they played Winnipeg. And if you look at the the head-to-head -head stats in those games with the Jets and the Leafs in Toronto just a few weeks ago, it was the Connor Hellebuck show. It was kind of like what happened Monday to the Leafs against the Oilers, where they outplayed at Winnipeg from shots, chances, high-danger chances, expected goals margin, all of those numbers in Toronto's favor, and yet they lost the game, a couple of those games to Winnipeg that week because of Connor Hellebuck just being magnificent uh, in net. And he's played well against Toronto. So you do get concerned about that. I just get that gut feel. And Jack Campbell is undefeated, by the way, as a starter. I've been on Winnipeg a lot. This is not one of those spots I'd be looking to back them here. I do lean a little to Toronto here at minus 135 uh, in this game. With Campbell and net, with the fact that they actually outplayed the Jets the last couple times, uh, I'm going to end up looking toward the Leafs if I'm playing this game from a side perspective. I would lean a little to the under just because you've got two goalies in great form right now. Um, but it's always dicey, especially at six. six and a half. I'm more interested six, maybe not so much. And you still have two teams that are more than capable offensively, which always worries you 
uh, about betting an under when they meet up head to head as well. Uh, Alex, what's your thoughts here with the Leafs and the Jets? Yeah, this is an interesting game, and I'm probably going to stay away from it. the closest thing I would play would be the regulation draw. Uh, you can find it as high as plus 340. Yep. And the reason I would look at that is you got, you know, three straight games that have gone overtime with Toronto. Uh, he said both these teams played pretty tight uh, in the last game. Toronto outplayed them. And like I said, Winnipeg found a way to win. Uh, and, and like I said, you got, you know, the Jets, I've been backing them. Uh, it seems like the last five or six games I've, I've been riding this, this streak and, and cashing in some nice prices with them. But the fact that they're now coming back home off of a long road trip as well, uh, and, and this is a humongous spot. Obviously, they're battling for first place in the division. This is just a game I can see being really tight. Uh, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to make it official. I'm going to go with the regulation draw here at, at plus three forty. That's a that's an awfully high price for two teams that could easily, like I said, uh, we could see a goalie duel. And this be two two, or we could see the offenses light up and it'd be a, a kind of four four game going into the OT. But I, I definitely feel that this one could go past sixty minutes. Yeah, no question about it. We had to, we had every game was ultra competitive recently when the Jets played the Leafs uh, earlier this season. So it would not surprise me to see uh, more of the same here tonight. Uh, it should be, it should be a great game. And they play again on Friday uh, as well. These the Leafs and the Jets. So these are two really, really big games. Two uh, should be two. Uh, really, really uh, good hockey games to uh, pay attention to uh, here tonight. Uh, next game on the slate, Philadelphia Flyers taking on the uh, Buffalo Sabres. Uh, we've got the uh, Flyers here around minus 190 uh, road favorites in this game, even minus 200 in some spots. The total is six pretty much across the board, although a little bit shaded to the under. Um, very, very disheartening to see what happened. Not just as someone who actually took Buffalo the other night like I did uh, against the uh, Flyers, but you know, again, uh, two great periods. We talked about this yesterday's show, so I'm not going to belabor the point. But again, two great periods for Buffalo. They were full marks for the three nothing lead. You know, they were dominating the Flyers. They were the better hockey team for 40 minutes. And to see what happened the moment Philly made it three one early in the third period, you talk about mental midgets, mentally fragile. You'd see a picture of the Buffalo Sabers 2021 team in the dictionary next to mentally fragile. You know, that's exactly what happened. They gave up the first goal and they panicked. It's exactly what happened. And it's like, uh-oh, here we go again. And all the things they did so well in the first two periods, they didn't do in the third period. Panicked. They started turning the puck over, running around in their own zone. 3-2. And then the full-blown uh, panic was on uh, for the Buffalo Sabres. They had a chance to put the game away in the empty net. And the, of course, when you lose 17 games in a row, you know you're going to miss on a chance like that. It's exactly what happened. Sure enough, what happens? Philadelphia comes back down the ice, ties the game 3-3. The rest is history. They win in overtime 4-3. Sickening loss. Sickening loss if you're the Buffalo Sabres that you couldn't close that game out. Uh, and now you're looking at 18 in a row. Having said all that, I'd only look Buffalo again in this spot at this price. I still don't trust Philly, you know, laying minus one night. I just don't know if I've got the stomach to take Buffalo again because we, we saw it the other night. A game that was clearly a game they should have won. And they still couldn't bring it home. And they still couldn't get the job done. And say what you will about Brian Elliott, who's been struggling lately. He owns the Buffalo Sabres. His numbers against Buffalo are outstanding. His save percentage is awesome. His goals against numbers are good. His win-loss record is good. Uh, and obviously, he made the saves when he had. He gave up some really bad goals, first couple, the other night. But after that, he was fine. I'd still only lean to Buffalo. I think, you know, if, if they bring something close to the way they played the other night, they'll have a chance 
But again, they had a chance the other night, probably should have won and still didn't, which tells you all you need to know. And that's what happens when you lose 18 in a row. You find ways to lose. You don't find ways to win. It's exactly what happened to the Sabres. I'll lean to Buffalo a little bit. I like the over, though, again. That is a bet for me, uh, over six here. I think Philly is still an over team right now. They're still a little bit of a mess defensively. They still gave up goals to Buffalo. And I don't know if I trust Buffalo's defense again, which came unglued in the third period. So the over is the better look for me in this game. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Flyers, Sabres. I'm staying far, far away from this game. Uh, I mean, you look at, like I said, the numbers with, with Philly, they've won nine of the last 10 meetings against Buffalo now. Uh, he said Elliott 17 2 and 2 with a 1.74 goals against, a 941 save percentage, and four shutouts and 22 starts uh, his career uh, against Buffalo. He said he absolutely dominates them. Uh, and this is a Sabres team. You know, I know people in the chat are saying, well, they can't lose forever. Well, <laughs> I don't really know uh, uh, if that's the case or not. At this point, the way that they look right now, they, they're pretty bad. Uh, and I would not be shocked to see this losing streak continue on for a couple more games, uh, even despite the fact that they played well and then all of a sudden, you know, collapsed. This, this is just two bad teams that aren't worth betting on, especially with this line. Uh, you're not getting any value with, with Philly and regulation either. So it's a clear pass for me. And Dylan Cousins' injury is significant as well for the Buffalo Sabres. They will miss him for sure. He's one of the he's a young guy. You know, it hasn't always come for him offensively here uh, this season, uh, but you still like the way he's been competing hard uh, night in and night out for this Sabres team, which is a good thing. Uh, and you're definitely going to feel, I think, the absence of him uh, a little bit moving forward. Uh, Sam Reinhart's been solid. I thought Brandon Montour on the blue line played a very good game the other night against Philly. Uh, but it's still just way too sporadic night in and night out uh, with this Sabres team. And uh, that's been the issue. I do think Linus Allmark will be giving them a chance to win at some point, like he did the other night. He's he's not a great goalie, but he's he's a good goalie. And he's certainly the best goalie they've got. You know, he's better than Carter Hutton. He's better than Jonas Johansson, who they shipped out of there, and Tokarski and anybody else they've got uh, in the organization. So at least they've got that working for them. Uh, that. Uh, uh, that um, they've got him back uh, in the lineup for this uh, Sabres team, Linus Allmark, uh, in between the pipes. All right, next game is Arizona-Colorado. Colorado minus 330 uh, home favorites here, five and a half the total uh, in this game. Don't look now, Colorado trending over the total all of a sudden at a pretty uh, good clip. Uh, they've trended over the total. I would lean in that direction here uh, in this game against the uh, Coyotes. Uh, Aiden Hill is probably still going to be in net for them. Uh, I think Colorado should be on the back of the net have some offensive success here uh, in this game tonight against him. On the flip side, Arizona, you know, they busted out a little bit offensively the last few games. Uh, they had struggled mightily to score goals, but they're scoring three goals or more, you know, in the majority of their recent games. Phil Kessel's starting to get it going. Clayton Keller even finally got on the score sheet the other night, and he's had a bit of a struggle this season. Uh, you know, Connor Garland has also been pretty solid offensively lately. Uh, for the uh, Arizona Coyotes, uh, it is going to be Philip Grubauer in net. Uh, that always worries you when you're betting an over because he's been so good. Uh, but I do like the way Arizona is trending, and I think Colorado can score some. Uh, they definitely had no problem doing that uh, in recent games, finding the back of the net. So I do like this game over the total, 5.5 minus 110. As far as the side goes, Colorado probably wins the game, but uh, not much value regulation line, not even the puck line. You throw them in some kind of parlay, if anything. Uh, if you like Colorado tonight. Alex, what do you think here with the Coyotes and Abs? I'm on Colorado. Team total over three and a half. You can get it minus $1.20, which is a fantastic price. They've cashed their team total eight of the last nine games. 
this is the team that's just absolutely on fire right now. Like I said, there's no way you can bet them uh, with any kind of value at this point. Like I said, I like the over full game. I, I lean with that, but I worry about Arizona sometimes offensively. They can go cold in moments, especially with Grubauer, the way he's playing right now. So I'm just going to play it safe and go to Colorado uh, over three and a half. The team total minus a dollar twenty. All right, Colorado, a team total over three and a half minus one twenty. Not a bad price at all. Uh, with uh, it makes a lot of sense because right, four goals has been something they've been able to achieve with regularity uh, in recent games. All right, next up we have the LA Kings and the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Vegas, uh, significant uh, favorites here, north of minus 200 total, uh, five and a half here in this game. Uh, this one I don't have much on. This is my pass game right here. I'm not involved in this one. I did put Vegas in a two-team parlay with Colorado uh, a couple of nights ago, and that worked out well, and I don't do many of those. But I'm going to have to start doing that more and more moving forward. Of course, last night uh, it didn't work. I had Florida and Tampa Bay, and, of course, Tampa Bay ends up costing us with that parlay last night that I bet. But uh, I'm going to be doing these more and more because it's the only way you're going to get any sort of value with these big favorites when you want to back them, like a Vegas and Colorado and Florida, Carolina, Tampa Bay. When you're going to try to back some of these teams, uh, you're going to have an issue uh, in terms of you know finding value with them, especially later in the season when they're going to be – you're going to see some minus 300s minus 350s and minus 400s with these teams in some games against teams that are going to be out of the playoffs, most likely like the LA Kings. I shouldn't say that for sure. Like LA is still there just trailing Arizona and St. Louis for that fourth spot uh, in the West division, but they've got work to do. They've kind of gone backward a little bit, the LA Kings in recent games. I mean, losing back to back to San Jose uh, is never a good thing. And of course they lose four one the other night out of the Vegas golden Knights. Uh, I, I don't see, I don't trust them right now to beat Vegas. So I think Vegas wins this game. The value is just hard to find. So it's a pass for me. And I lean over, but I don't know if LA gets enough for me. And it looks like Flurry's in net. And, you know, I like Flurry here in this spot, you know, to, uh, this is big for Vegas. These goaltenders, they're going to go back and forth, Leonard and Flurry. They're both going to try to want to show Peter DeBoer that, hey, I want to be the guy, the top guy, the top dog in net come playoff time. So these are important games for both Flurry and Leonard to try to distinguish themselves uh, as the guy uh, moving forward for the Golden Knights. Uh, Alex, anything for you here with LA and Vegas? Yeah, I like this over at, and this is a, a decent price. I'm looking at, you know, five and a half, but I honestly would probably even look at, uh, you know, waiting this one out potentially and get an even better price adjusted in game. Uh, I'm going to make an official five and a half at, at minus a dollar 10, but uh, I wouldn't be shocked if we find a, you know, uh, you know, this be kind of a scoreless first period. Both these teams are three and seven to the first period uh, under the last 10 games. You might be able to find a five at a plus price and then, you know, uh, be in an even better position uh, moving forward in this game. We've seen the overcash seven of the last 10 meetings between these two. So uh, five and a half, even with Flory and that, uh, you know, I still feel comfortable enough that, you know, Vegas would be able to find some goals, but LA is not a, a team that just, you know, they can get cold at times, but I think they find their stride. These two teams kind of balance off of each other and get more of an up-tempo pace. So five and a half is a, a comfortable price for me. All right. Uh, Alex liking the Kings and the Golden Knights over five and a half minus 110. Yeah, I lean that way. And uh, maybe it's because I took it the other night and it didn't get there, but still overall for the season, you look at the head-to-head -head numbers with the uh, Golden Knights and the Kings, a lot of head-to-head -head games have gone over prior of course, to the game the other night uh, between these two teams. So if you look at uh, recent series history, uh, you'll find that now we've seen 
uh, quite a few of these games head-to-head uh, go over the total between uh, L.A. and Vegas. Uh, we'll see if that can occur uh, once again here tonight as these teams uh, do battle uh, at T-Mobile Arena. Uh, all right, good stuff. Uh, we move on to Minnesota taking on uh, San Jose. Uh, we've got San o- or Minnesota minus 150 uh, to minus 155 road favorites in this game. The total uh, six pretty much across the board. There is a stray five and a half out there, though. Uh, at bet online and a couple of other places. So make sure you shop around for the total. I'm going to come right back to the over again. It cashed the other night uh, in the wild t- uh, sharks game. And I'm going to stick with it uh, here tonight as these teams do battle again. It looks like it's going to be the same goalie matchup, Jones and Talbot, a uh, wild shootout the other, no pun intended, a wild shootout, uh, a crazy shootout. I should say the other night between the wild and the sharks seven rounds deep. It went before Eric Carlson won it. Uh, Eric Carlson heating up offensively, so uh, give him credit. Uh, I think Minnesota wins the game, but guess what? I'm starting to worry about them. Sorry to tell you this, Terry. I'm worried about them on the road a little bit. You know, they got to pick it up. You know, on the road a little bit. This Minnesota team. Uh, you know, and you got to be uh, beating teams like the uh, San Jose Sharks. I think they should win this game. I'm just not comfortable with the price right here, and even regulation. I would lean that way, but I think the overs the better way to go here in this game. I like San Jose offensively right now, especially at home. Uh, they've been scoring goals at home on the road. Sometimes they can get down a little bit, but they've had no problem finding the back of the net at home with Gambrell and uh, Couture. Evander Kane's been in good form lately. They've got finally Timo Meyer and Tomas Hurdle both healthy at the same time for the Sharks. So I do think they find the back of the net a little bit against Talbot, who to me has been up and down you know, at times this season. So I like the overall stick with what worked the other night. Another uh, over bet for me with Minnesota, San Jose. It's over five and a half at minus 126 for me at bet online. I found a five and a half. Try to find one if you can. If you can only find a six, I still lean that way with the over here. Alex, what's your thoughts here? Minnesota, San Jose. Yeah, I'm, I'm stunned with this line move. Uh, I grabbed five and a half early this morning. I got it at minus $1.19 right when it opened. And, I, you know, all of a sudden to see it pop up, doesn't even like, you know, go up the ladder with five and a half and just go straight to six. Uh, and it makes sense, obviously. I, like I said, I like, I like this over, but I just don't understand that half goal price, especially with, you know, we don't know who the goalie will be for Minnesota yet, but it's going to be Jones confirmed in that again. Uh, and, and, you know, these two goalies, I think they gave up, you know, three goals each in regulation, but. And the, it was, you know, these were some quality goals. They weren't softy goals uh, that we normally see, especially uh, from Jones, where we tend to see uh, some soft, softer shots go past him. Uh, so I, I'm going to stay away from it at six. I won't make it official. I will make Wild uh, in regulation official minus a dollar five. I played that as well later in the day. Uh, and I, like I said, based on how they played and how the San Jose plays off of a win. Uh, their numbers have been absolutely horrific. So they haven't been able to string together wins in the Wild. Definitely going to, you know, like I said, be motivated to try and, and, and get some revenge back, and especially the way that they lost, uh, like I said, in, in that shootout uh, on the roll. Points are a premium for them right now, even though they're sitting in third. But they still got to, you know, worry about those teams, you know, the St. Louis's and Arizona's and L.A.'s coming up, uh, you know, underneath them. So two points will be big here, and I think they'll be able to get it tonight in regulation. All right, Minnesota in regulation, minus 105 for uh, Alex in this one. I, I lean that way, but uh, something worries me about it. I don't know, but uh, they should win. But uh, just uh, I'm going to lay off that one and uh, just stick with the over. But Minnesota, I think, will uh, bounce back and win the game. You're right about San Jose off a win. I mentioned it, it was 2-10. and 10. I think it's 3-10 and 10 now uh, off a, a win 
they did beat LA after it was two and ten uh, after beating LA the first game. So three and ten off a win is still not very good uh, for San Jose uh, in that role. All right, final game on this Wednesday card: Calgary Flames, Vancouver Canucks. Calgary minus one fifteen to minus one twenty. Uh, road favorites five and a half shaded to the uh, over here. I'm on the Canucks here. I am. I mean, the Calgary's not nothing impressive right now with Calgary. They had the one good game against Winnipeg. Sutter just got on their case, reamed the team out, you know, ripped them, criticized them, including Gaudreau. They had that one step up effort, and then they went right back to that same Calgary team that just has been struggling to score, uh, struggling to defend consistently. I even think Jacob Markstrom's been ordinary. Uh, in recent games. I don't like the way his game is trending at this point in time, Jacob Markstrom. It's like he's getting worn down by the fact this team's just having such a problem scoring goals, and he's like wearing kind of like the John Gibson effect. You hold the team in, you hold the team in, and, and you're playing great in net, but you're not seeing the goals go in for your team. You're not getting the quote-unquote run support, you know, to steal a baseball term, uh, and it really wears at you, where and it beats you down a little bit physically and mentally. And I think we're kind of seeing that here uh, with uh, Jacob Markstrom uh, of late. I'm sure he's going to be chomping at the bit. The one fear is he's played good against his former team. That would be the one thing you worry about a little bit uh, with Markstrom. But uh, Calgary, to me, just not a team I'm all that excited about. You know, laying a price with on the road. Vancouver, certainly. Uh, They've been off for a little bit of time now. uh, But uh, I still, with Thatcher Demko in net, uh, they've got a chance to win every single night. I know they ran into a red-hot Winnipeg team. Uh, the last couple games they played last week, but the Jets are uh, certainly a few notches above where the Calgary Flames are right now. And look, this is kind of the spot, Alex, that Montreal was in going into the game against Edmonton last night. Several days to rest, full of energy, come out strong, come out flying uh, quickly, uh, and that's exactly what they did. They jumped on Edmonton. I think Vancouver, with the rest, with the ability now to get some practice time in, it's going to help this Canucks team going into this game tonight. And I think they got a chance to get the victory here. And I don't mind. And I like that it's a small home underdog price here on the Canucks. So I like Vancouver here. You can get them at around plus 100, plus 105 in this game. Alex, what's your thoughts here? Flames, Canucks. This is a stay away game for me. And I know some people were kind of concerned of whether this game would go off or not because there was a. Uh, words about a, a positive test within the Vancouver camp. Yeah, uh, I haven't heard. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so yeah. But even with that, uh, like I said, these are two teams that, you know, like I said, Vancouver's been playing a little bit better. Like I said, Demko's been a guy that they can kind of rally around. And, you know, Calgary just waiting for that shoe to drop of whether they're going to be able to fully buy into the, the Sutter system and, and be able to clamp down defensively. I might even would t- possibly lean uh, with the under here at five and a half. Uh, and even money, like I said, Demko's playing well, and, and we, you know, could see this maybe being a, a slow plotting game. But I'm just gonna stay away from it all together. This is one I want to want to watch and see, maybe look for something down the road. All right, good stuff. There you go. That is the Wednesday NHL card. Uh, Alex, uh, good to have you back uh, on the show. Uh, and there's the uh, Wednesday slate. Uh, every single game uh, from a betting perspective. Uh, before we get to best bets, to wrap up the show, a reminder: download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, use the promo. Code THPN, great time of year, Final Four this weekend. NHL and NBA down the home stretch of the regular season, the push for the playoffs. Major League Baseball opening day tomorrow. Uh, it is a great time to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. When you do that and you sign up, you'll get uh, deposit bonuses, weekly specials, incentives, all kinds of perks with 
opening up that DraftKings account. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, and use the promo code THPN. All right, it is best bet time for this Wednesday uh, card. I got it done Montreal last night. No sweat, never in doubt. An easy one uh, for me with them against the Oilers last night. Uh, hopefully we can give you another best bet winner on the ice tonight. Alex, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet? Yeah, two quick things. One, I uh, just want to say to you, Ian, thank you so much for, you know, really kind of carrying the show the last several days. I know I've been out, Jimmy's been out, uh, you've been doing a lot of, uh, you know, heavy lifting, riding solo. So uh, kudos to you for that. And uh, also for everybody, check out the Ice Guys store, store at that's shop.spreadshirt.com slash Ice Guys. Uh, I know the baseball caps that everybody was talking about, they're back in stock uh, and everything else should be in stock as well. Also, seven days left where they have uh, the whole website has a, a, a code. Uh, you click on the top of the screen, you get 15% off your order. So uh, that is the Ice Guys store. I'll tweet that out as well. My best bet for tonight will be the Minnesota Wild in regulation. Minus a dollar five. Uh, like I said it was it was a good back and forth battle. This is a game that the Wild desperately need to win uh, as far as just their confidence going. You know, you can't be losing games to the, the bottom tier uh, of, this, of this division if you want to be a, a playoff team. And you know, they, they hung tough and had uh, you know that unfortunate loss in, in the shootout. I think they'll be able to bounce back here tonight and get the win. And especially like you mentioned, uh, the horrible numbers three and ten now with San Jose off of a win. They can't string them together uh, to save their lives this season. So. I'll go with Minnesota. Regulation minus five is my best bet tonight. All right. Minnesota Wild in regulation minus 105 for Alex B. Smith with his best bet. This was a tricky one for me. I mean, uh, I, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a best bet. I I, I I don't think I've had a night this year. I've said, I don't have a best bet. So I'll give you one. Uh, I like, I'll, it'll be Arizona, Colorado for me uh, over five and a half minus minus one ten. Uh, Colorado has been really trending over the total their last seven or eight games. Uh, I think they get at least three, four goals minimum. Arizona can chip in a couple. Cause I like the way Arizona's offense has kind of gotten their game going again. They put up four and five, in back-to-back -back wins against San Jose over the weekend, they scored a couple. Uh, they scored three goals or more a few times before that uh, as well. So they're starting to get their footing going offensively, which is good to see, and I think it can help get that game over the total. So we'll go with Arizona, Colorado, uh, over five and a half minus one ten. Uh, for best bet tonight on this Wednesday NHL card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. A reminder, we're on YouTube Live seven days a week, breaking down every single NHL game from a betting perspective, Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern time, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern time. If you can't watch the show live on YouTube, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form uh, on all major podcasts. Uh, platforms. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Wednesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Thursday for another edition of The Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Now a show that's going to give you the truth about the biggest epidemic of our times, we're all a little crazy. We're all a little crazy is brought to you by the Same Here Global Mental Health Movement and the Hockey Podcast Network. This is NHL great mental health advocate and member of the Same Here Alliance, Theo Fleury. This is 20-year professional sports executive, mental health advocate, and founder of the hashtag Same Here Global Mental Health Movement, Eric Cusin. This is Darren Ravel, sports business insider, mental health advocate, and founder of the Same Here Influencer Alliance. 
We're so afraid as a society to rip the band-aid off the topic in a real way. Anytime you open up about something that's controversial or taboo, the first one through the wall always gets bloodied. And that's why we're doing this. We don't mind being the ones getting bloodied. We put our stories out there well before it was a thing to do for a reason. Because as much as they're extreme examples of how far you can fall, they show everyone the challenging life experiences impact everyone, even those of us who have reached the top of our competitive industries. The issue in media today, traditional media and social media, we are so quick to look for simple answers, simple explanations. We want everything wrapped in a bow. But this topic is messy. The nuances need to be explained. Yeah, it needs real, long-form conversation like this. I'm just thrilled that we can be real with people and address the current events happening in this space in real time and set the record straight. More talk happening doesn't mean it's helping the conversation move forward. The words we use matter. We have the greatest mental health awareness in the history of our planet, and yet the mental health trends and outcomes are awful. It means the current messages aren't working. Find me a person who hasn't faced trauma in their lives. Anyone. You can. Things have affected all of us. It's why we all say we are all a little crazy in our own unique ways. This topic isn't for one in five of us with mental illness. It's for five in five whose mental health has been impacted. This isn't an athlete issue. It's not a musician issue. It's a societal one. This is the greatest epidemic of our time. No, it's not about stopping any stigma. It's about us all saying same here. Our openness and the commonality in our struggles, that's what erodes stigma better and faster than any campaign telling people to stop anything ever will. Available on all podcast apps. Do us a favor and download each episode before you listen. And if you're an Apple user, please rate and review the podcast as it helps us get these important conversations out to reach a larger audience.